My guest this week is singer-songwriter Marty Ray of the Marty Ray Project. Marty Ray lives in Nashville, Tennessee, and he is not only a singer-songwriter and leader of his own band, but he's a podcaster and a social media sensation. Marty posted a video years ago. I think he mentions a date in the actual podcast episode. Woke up the next day and went on about his business and found out later that evening that the video had jumped over a million views. Since then, he's been hooked on social media. He's very interactive with his followers and fans, and he's just a down-to-earth guy, and you're really going to enjoy all the knowledge that he shares in this episode. I'm really glad I got to interview him. I'm glad we became friends. We have a mutual kinship in podcasting. We're connected on Clubhouse, and I look forward to both of us doing a bunch of really great things in the future. Once again, I appreciate you listening. Now sit back and enjoy. I want to welcome my friend Marty Ray of the Marty Ray Project. I get to pick his brain not only on his entertainment and musical artistry, but I get to pick his brain about his own podcast. And I get to pick his brain even more importantly about his marketing skills because he has amassed a huge following. So Marty, welcome, man. I'm so glad you could do this. Man, I'm honored that you would have me on your show, brother. No, this is exciting, man. So don't pick uh, my brain, don't pick my brain too hard, or you might get dumb. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I want to do a little. Uh, I want to start with sort of the backstory. If you can give us just how you got started, was it the music part first? Whatever you can, just give us the whole thing, and then from there, I'm gonna. I'm going to dig in on some of these subjects so that we can really bring some some real knowledge to the audience when when they get to listen to this. Well, I always tell people I came out of the womb singing, and uh, that's the truth. I just know, just always could do it. If if I can do it now, I could always do it. I never learned out. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I don't even know if I do it right, but it seems like a lot of people seem to like it, so that's good. It's good for me, and uh, they say it's good for them, so that makes me happy. As far as what came first, podcast or music, uh, you could say music came first. I started writing songs when I was 12, but as far as professionally, I did. A, I had a podcast back in like 2007 when nobody knew what podcasts were. They got no respect. It was so hard to get an a actual guest to come on the show back then <laughs> because if it wasn't radio, they didn't want a part of it. So I actually named my podcast back then mem nash radio so it would fool them into thinking it was a radio station wow and i was i was actually successful at getting some high fluting <laughs> uh uh guests on there i got a darius rucker he was one of them on there wow and i was at that time i had no fans no no nobody he just he was on there gave me some of the greatest greatest advice i've ever gotten at the end of that podcast and uh i said what advice would you give an artist trying to be where you're at. And I apply this to everything in my life. And I think everybody else should too. He said, just play. Don't just look at every opportunity as if it's, so it could be something big. It could be something that could change your life. It could change your career. And so that's what I do. I look at every situation and I go, 
even though they might, this person, that person, they might not be big yet, or but who knows what tomorrow holds, you know? And I think that's how we're supposed to live, especially at, like me, because I'm a Christian, so I live breathing for others. That's that's my goal in life. I try my best to to not be selfish, and, and I try to breathe for people that uh, that are all around me, you know, like like you, Joe. I'm trying to breathe for you. So instead of, because that's what Jesus told us to do. So that's kind of where my life started with a podcast. And I ended up doing a video. I wanted to learn how to make music videos. So I did a music video. I went and rented a camera. And the camera was a Blackmagic cinema camera. They just, they just released these cameras. And I wanted to learn how to do a professional style music video. So I wrote this parody to All About That Bass. And it was called All About That Beard, believe it or not. I don't know. I don't know where that came from. That's weird. Yeah, right. Uh, yeah, I'm still trying to remember <laughs> how I came up with the beard thing. But uh, anyway, we'll figure it out someday. Yeah, exactly. The beard came. To <laughs> and uh, no, the uh, so then I I did this video. Had no clue really what I was doing too much, and uh, you could tell in the video. But I posted that video, and it got two million views overnight. And wow. I was like, man, I got to really be consistent now because I told, you know, for years I could sing. I thought I could sing, but I was mimicking other artists and I would uh, I would try my best to sound just like them. Boys to men for my first album, I only did country because people told me that's what I better do because I look like a country artist. Mm -hmm. So I said, all right, well, I'll call it country. But uh, when the blues radio stations said my album was too country and the country radio station said it was too bluesy. Then I wrote a song for my next album called too bluesy for country, too country for blues. And then I just said, forget it. I'm going to do what I want to do. And I'm going to release everything on, on an album at one time. And that's what I've been doing ever since. So I got on my last album, mixed emotions. I got uh, EDM songs on there. Yeah. You know, like, like club, club music. It must be just the, the first couple of videos that I clicked on. I just happened to, click in the wrong spot or just well you probably think you know i, I understand it. i ain't mad at nobody you probably clicked on a couple of songs and thought here you, you see the acoustic guitar you see a big bearded cornbread fed fella from the south and you go this must be country because you you might not listen to country right so a lot of these people they don't listen to country music but they see somebody like me and they go i guess this is country i kind of like this man i didn't know i like country i get that a lot i get that comment a lot they'll say i didn't know i like country and I'm like, you still don't know if you like country, to be honest, because this ain't really country. Right. <laughs> I got nothing against country. Right. I, I, when I was growing up, I hated country when I was a boy because my parents love country. So I listened to R&B and I grew up listening to gospel like Shirley Caesar, Mahalia Jackson, uh, Rance Allen, people like that. And then that turned into listening to R&B, still listen to gospel to this day, though, uh, R&B. Then I got into soul music. Then I got into blues music. Then, I, then at 12 years old, my mama took me to a Garth Brooks concert. And I saw him live at the Pyramid, Memphis, Tennessee. And I said, maybe I should give this a look. And I did. And I gave it a look. And I liked what I found. And he was, because that was the that was the first time that I'd heard music that was, that was really telling stories. Like actually telling, like if you listen to Thunder Rolls, have you ever heard Garth Brooks? No, yeah, I, but I don't know it well enough. If you mentioned the song, I'd be like, I, I don't. Have you, do, what, what do you listen to? What's your genre? I listen to everything because I own a booking agency in, in Phoenix here. So I have to book 
everything across the board. So I listen to everything. You listen to everything but Garth Brooks. I got it. <laughs> no, 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 no. I just wouldn't know his song if you named it. I think he's amazing. I think if that's your first exposure to country music, that was a hell of a way to see it because he's, I mean, everyone loves It wasn't my him. first exposure. It was the first time because, my, like I said, my parents were always, my mom, not really my dad, but my mom. My dad was more into, like, Chicago and stuff, which I actually mm-hmm. loved that I back love in the that. day. Still love Chicago. My daughter, who was 15, is a massive Chicago fan. That's her favorite band, believe it or not. That's amazing. And uh, I actually did a show with Bill Champlin, who mm-hmm. is was a member of Chicago, and he's the one that wrote, uh, Hot for me to say I'm sorry. I just want you to stay. I'm saying it right directly to you. That's weird, ain't it? No. Does that feel weird? No, uh, not at all. Even though, even though when you look, I hope this power doesn't go out. From this ice, you see, you see these lights blinking. Uh-oh. Shoot, man. Anyway, I'll try to sum this story up. This has been going on for two. I'm a long winded. I'm like an, I'm like an old Pentecostal preacher. <laughs> you, you know what I mean? You got to start yawning or something. You got to start yawning. And let me know. It's like I, if I don't hear any amens, no, nope. I might this, go on forever. This is perfect. That's <laughs> what I like. Real people, real conversation. That's all I know how to do. I'm, I'm, I call myself a conversationalist. I don't even know if that's a real word, but I called called myself that. Anyway, the question was, how did I get started in music? That's how it all started, making videos. I made that video, and after that, I said, okay, I'm going to keep on. I'm going to stay consistent because I told God, I said, look, if this is what you want me to do, I'm going to start singing, putting videos out, and you honor it it, because he honors the effort. If If he gave you a gift, you don't bury it. So I'm just going to keep on uh, doing that same thing I've been doing, uh, putting out videos, and, and he seems to keep on honoring it. So that's kind of how it's going. That's cool. So I'm not even going to – so I've already stepped on my toes a couple times in this conversation of saying things that aren't necessarily true. So what's the environment in Nashville musically? Is it still very heavy country, or is is there a lot of different varieties? You know what's weird is – I don't play in Nashville. I'm trying to, I play, the people don't realize that I'm not really a, uh, I'm not saying you, but people don't realize that I'm not a bar band, uh, not against bar bands, but I could never do what they do. I, my hat's off to them. I got buddies. That's exactly what they, they've done for years. And they play, those people play for four hours and go to another gig playing four hours. Mm-hmm. I can't do that. My voice wouldn't even hold up for that. I sing. I only know one way to sing. Like I said, I probably don't do it right. I just sing from the heart and I push notes out really hard. So I can give you two hours, maybe three. If you, uh, that's why we mainly do private shows. So the main thing we do is uh, private gigs. And uh, I love doing private shows. I don't have to worry about <laughs> getting people to buy tickets. So yep. it's really nice. Yeah. But uh, I do, I have done festivals and the festivals are really cool because it's a bunch of people gathering tickets. So it's just a very scary thing to uh, to not know what your fan base is in a collective area. Mm-hmm. If I always tell people, I say, if, if all my fans, I got like 1.3 million fans across the board. If every one of my fans were in local in Nashville, I would probably never leave Nashville because I would I would actually book a show throughout the year once a month. It would sell out. Yeah. And I would then. That by the end of the year, I could start over again and service the same people that were serviced at the beginning of the year. 
Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? Yep. But but unfortunately, fortunately, I always say unfortunately, fortunately, these fans are all across the world. Like I got people that'll say, "Man, when you coming to Scotland? When you coming to Ireland? When you coming to Europe? When you coming to Australia? You got a big fan base here." And I don't know. I I don't. I, it's scary to try to book something in another country and then think. So the only way we can do it is if people pay us up front and we say, it's up to you. I don't know what my fan base is, but it's up to you. Like I am now though, kind of branching out of this. is The first time I've ever done this in a while um, where I got a show in Tampa in March, March 11th. And it's the first time that I've ever, first time I've ever, it's the first time in a long time that I've actually sold tickets to a show. So I'm terrified that this demo show up. And there's going to be five people there. You know what I mean? And this yeah, place no, only no. holds, it only holds 250 people. So, you know, you just never know. You, right. you don't, you don't, you don't know what's going to happen, but which we're, 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 we're going at it. Like I said, God, God honors effort. And uh, I'm going to put forth the effort, even if it's failing, you know, you know, what Timberland is. Tim, do you mean the boots? No, Timberland, the, uh, the producer. I don't think so. Joe, I don't think you listen to everything. I think I think I think you I think you, I think you storied me. I think let me, let me see what you listen to. Let me I'm gonna pick out what you actually listen to on a daily basis right now. I'm gonna look at you. Let me see. I'm getting. I'm definitely getting. I, I know you like Chicago. I know. Yes. I know that's probably on a regular. So I'm thinking like soft rock. Soft rock, huh? I do. I listen to everything. I mean, when I put on Alexa, I say Alexa, but I mean, I don't all day I'm working, so I'm not listening to stuff and I'm not staying up with everything. I force Alexa to, te- you know, say, hey, play me. What's the latest play me the latest pop station and she'll just oh. play all these things or or whatever. But I mean, I'm I've played everything as a drummer. I've played everything I've played for Jewish weddings and bat mitzvahs and bar mitzvahs to playing uh, a rock show at Whiskey A Go-Go in LA to playing jazz and then all the rest of the stuff. So what do they play? What kind of music do they play at a Jewish bar mitzvah? Oh man, it's just that same, that same beat. It's just like that. It's just like they're dancing. I mean, I played that beat for 45 minutes straight with a tux on and I had to peel the coat off me. It was just crazy. Wow. So it's like, so they don't, they don't, have like different varieties of music at these things it's just a it's not to, it's almost like i don't know what it is but it, it reminds me when you were doing that it reminded me of a like a uh it's like a polka groove kind of yeah like a polka sound like yeah then people dancing and holding and holding their arms and dancing yeah is that kind of what it's like that's for so during so the one i haven't done a bunch of them but the one that i did was 45 minutes of that and it was all of the diff- the different relatives dancing, and then they lift them up on the chair, and they do so. Literally for forty five minutes, the MD turned around to me and said, "Just play this groove, and do not stop till I tell you." Golly, I hope you got paid well. <laughs> it, was, it was a struggle, trust me, but it was cool. Man. It was fine. So funny part about bringing a polka is my that when I interviewed Darius Rucker, we just talked about that. One of the things we ended with, I said, I said, we need to write what what song? Because that, that was right when he had shipped, when he had went from a hootie in the blowfish yeah. to going into country music. Yeah. And I said, what other what other genres are you trying to write? He said, man, I'll do anything, man. I said, all right, me and you, polka. 
we're doing a polka song together. And then he laughed. He said, let's do it, man. Never did it. Uh, matter of fact, I had Darius's number in my phone for years. And I tried to call him the other day out of the blue to try to get him on this new podcast. Mm-hmm. And the number had changed. So I was like, oh, crap. Wow. So, yeah. So 2007, you're a podcast pioneer, right? You come out with one. And what was the the theme behind it? Was it was it just all musical artists? No, it was actually the same exact setup as I have now because I love I love having interesting people on, but the interesting people usually are in entertainment. Not always, but they're usually entertainment, uh, meaning any realm of entertainment. That could be boxing. That could be MMA. That could be uh, sports. could be wrestling. It could be comedy. It could be music. It could be acting. We've had all that on this show now that, we've, that, we've, that we started. We're, we just had Burt Kreischer on last episode, and before that it was – before that, it was a food review episode we did with just uh, me, Chris Wallen, and Jared Callen, my buddies. Uh, we love food. I don't know if you can tell or not, but I kind of like food a little bit. I know I know I don't look like it, but I do like food. And uh, before that, it was I don't, I don't remember who was before that, but it was like Daryl Worley, some country artists that you probably don't know because you know it's the country, right? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, no, so, we actually, actually also had Vanilla Ice on. Oh, I saw that. Now, I saw that picture of you and him. So that was cool. How was that interview? Very, oh, it was great. We were already buddies, though, uh, oh, okay. before then. So it was essentially, that's usually how I try, I try to make it, even if I don't know the person. Like, if you go listen to me and Bert talk, you you will think that we have known each other for a lifetime. But we really haven't. And, uh. I didn't know him other than just being a fan. And I just sent him a message. He, here's where he made his mistake. And I told him this, I commented, I was always commenting funny things on his, on his Instagram post. And he, uh, one of them he, he liked and laughed at and he followed me. And I said, that's where you made your mistake because you followed me. Right. I said, when you followed me, I was already following you. So as soon as you followed me, I said, well, now he's going to see these messages I'm about to send. Right. So I sent a message. I said, Hey, big fan, yada, yada, yada. And it's the truth. And I said, I'd love to have you on my podcast. And cause you know, he's a, he's an actual podcast. That dude, that dude makes more money podcasting than he does work doing a TV show. So you're talking about a, a pioneer and he's an actual pioneer in podcast. But anyway, so I'm sending these messages. He, when I sent that message, he goes, yeah, I'd love to. And I said, all right, well, how about, this month, such and such day, he goes, uh, we're going to make it happen. I said, all right. So we get closer to that day, and I say, how about it? No no response. No response. And I send him a next – the, ne- the next week, I send him a – I say, how about it? We're, we're coming up on it. And then and this just went on. Then there would be times when it would be a long gap of me every month. I would mm-hmm. send him a message. I would say, hey, you said you'd be on. I love you. Let's do it. Let's make it happen. So, and I and then I started getting, I started going, hey, this is a game at this point now. And I told him, I said, this is because this went on for a year. Now, keep in mind, this went on for a whole year. Wow. Me sending a message to his DMs. And I started saying, this is not going to stop until you either say yes, no, or block me, or you're on my show. 
<laughs> one or the other. And I said, I said, I'm going to, I still love you regardless, but this ain't going to stop. So then the next month I was like, here's your monthly Marty message. And, uh, he, <laughs> every now and then he would, he would put LMAO every now and then. And so eventually we finally got him to, to, he finally sent me his phone number. But what I had to do though, at the very last, I actually sent him a list of people we had had on mm-hmm. to kind of show him, listen, I've had famous people on my show. Like in case you're wondering, I've had famous people. We, we didn't just start. We've been doing this for a while. We know what we're doing. You know, yeah, I don't think you're going to waste your time. If nothing else, you'll have a good time. And so that's when he sent me his phone number. And I said, uh, I said, well, it's definitely going to happen now because I got your phone number. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and so it happened. And uh, it was great. But you, if you listen to it, anybody else, it's, it's on the Marty Ray Project chats. I should say that probably. That's the name of the podcast, the Marty Ray Project chats. Okay. If you listen to that, you're going to think. And it's funny because he read. I told him, I said, read some of those messages that I sent you. And he read some on the show and uh, he read most of them. And we were just, we were just, we were busting out laughing because it was, it's the funniest thing ever because he said, most people will say, be on my show. And I'll say, yeah, I'd love to. And he, and he, I think he really would love to be able to do everybody's show, but he knows realistically that he can't, that there's no way he could do everything. And he said that. And he said, but most people by the time when he don't answer back after the first time or the second time, they start getting very, very hateful and mean. Oh, wow. And he said, he said, you never did for a year. He said, you never got hateful. He said, it was always uh, respectful and nice. And it was like, still love. He said, it was almost like falling in love with your neighbor. It's like, it's, he said, I feel like I know you. <laughs> I said, it awesome. me too. It's really cool. Anyway. Yeah. All I don't right. know if I answered your question. Yeah, no, no. So, so did you, what happened with the first podcast? When did that actually end and go away at some point? Yeah, because the podcast, I don't want to do a podcast by myself. Meaning, what we're doing here, mm-hmm. it's okay. It's it's okay for me to be a guest, but me personally, for instance, if there comes a time, I just enjoy bantering with a friend sure. and not having the full load on me. Mm-hmm. Uh, of the podcast, of, of getting the guests, booking the guests, and doing this and all this thing. So back then, that was kind of the same way. I had, I went through, I went through three co-hosts on that show, and I was the one putting up all the money. I'm the one putting up all the. I'm the one actually getting the guests in. They're not really helping, but I'm thinking if we can get a little bit of momentum going, they'll they'll start to see this is a very viable thing to do, and they'll start picking up some of the load. Never happened. They all they they all kept quitting or not showing up. And I think it was actually four, four, four co's. And after the fourth one, by the fourth one, I'd already did that uh all about that beard video. And mm-hmm. I started progressing in music. So I was like, forget them. Like I was trying to help them, not just myself, but trying to help them out too. Bring them up with me. We could have we could have made something great. I believe if we would if I would have kept doing that podcast. I'd be one of the biggest podcasts in the world today. I do believe that. Yeah. No question about it. I mean, based on when you started, if you kept, I mean, it's all about consistency, right? If you had kept mm-hmm. it going, you totally would have been. I have no doubts in my mind, but, yeah. you know, God had other plans because had I had that podcast blew up, that's all I would have done. I would not have probably, I would never would have 
push music too hard. I'll be honest with you. Because mm-hmm. my dream, even from childhood, my dream has always been to have my own talk show. You know what I mean? Like radio, like Howard Stern type yeah. talk show. Yeah. And uh, so I said, if that, I know for a fact, I, I'm saying because God knows better than we do. He, he knew that if if I, if that would have blew up, I would have just said, forget music. That's too hard. That stuff's too hard. That's man. interesting. That's, yeah, I hear you. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Well, so, okay. So when did that podcast end about? I think I'm horrible with times. Was it right when that video like, hit? No, I think we still went maybe a couple months after that. But then at that point I was, I was literally trying to carry the load of the podcast and be consistent in making music videos. So I just said, Nobody, because nobody cared like me. Nobody had the same drive or passion about the podcast that I did. So I was like, man, this is just crazy. I'm trying, I can't do all this by myself. And so I believe it was about a couple months after. I think it was like, I don't know the exact dates. It might not even, to be honest with you, I'm so bad with dates. Okay. I know that it might not even have been, I might not even had the 2 million view video yet, but I might have had. Cause it all started on Facebook, not YouTube. Like mm-hmm. you can't even go back in the timeline of Facebook. I mean, YouTube and go, uh, okay, let me look at this date and find, figure it out. Because if you look at the date when ice ice baby was posted on YouTube, it was actually posted to my actual, uh, Facebook profile, my personal profile. Cause that's all I had at the time. Right. Uh, when I was making these videos, cause they were getting, they were having success on my personal, not, not a page, not anything else. And so that's where it actually first went viral. So my, I was actually pushing everything from my personal Facebook profile. So I don't know the exact date, but I, I think the show actually ran for about a year and a half, I believe. And then, and then I called it quits. Got it. So, okay. So then, so you had this video and this video, you said got over 2 million views. In a day. Yeah. We I posted it. I posted it that morning, just, just a random post, like any other thing. You don't, you don't think about what, oh, what's the best time to post. What's mm-hmm. the best strategy here. You don't think about any of that back when you're first starting, you just like, Hey, I got this. I'm gonna post it. You don't understand algorithms. Probably never even heard the word at the time. You know what I mean? So you just post the video like I did. And then I posted it and it's like I said it and forget it like an infomercial. Right. I just I posted it. Me and my buddy went to Nashville because at the time I didn't live in Nashville. I lived in Memphis and we we drove to Nashville. He was doing a, a acting audition and we, we got all the way down to Nashville. Uh, he did his audition. We're headed back. He starts getting all these texts and people are saying, man, I seen you in that video. That's crazy. That video. He goes, oh, OK, cool. You know, thinking that. Hey, sure. Thinking that because those are those are people that knew him. And he was saying, man, I ain't talked to them in a long time, you know, that type of thing. And uh, that's weird. He said, and he, so eventually after a few texts, he, he, he went on Facebook and looked up the video and goes, bro, this is, this video is it. This video is over a million views, dude. And I said, do what? <laughs> <laughs> a million crazy. views. And then I pulled it up. I pulled it up and I said, oh, wow, dude, this is crazy. So then I text my buddy, Jared who who does uh, filming with me. He didn't do that video. I don't want him to put that evil on him. Because um, <laughs> he was definitely, 
way more prolific at it than me at that time, way before me. And uh, while now I can do a pretty good video by myself, like I just released uh, a music video for my new single that I released uh, the end of last year for the new album called uh, Picture. And I did that whole thing, directed it, wrote it, and, and did the whole thing myself. It might not be the best in the world, but it's better than the most. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, cool. So um, anyway, so I, I called Jared. I said, hey, man, did you look at the uh, video? I said, you need to check it out. I said, it's, it's over a million views, bro. He goes, he goes, really? And he he went and looked, and he, he couldn't find it. And I sent him a link. He goes, wow, that's incredible. Like, that is nuts. And I said, I said, well, we made it. We made it. And and at that point, you don't you have no clue what's coming from a viral video. You don't mm-hmm. know. Right. And I didn't really make it from that video, but that was a start. Sure. You can have a viral video right now and not never, never yield any kind of profit from it or anything like that, you know. But it's what you do after that viral video that makes you profitable. You said marketing. Well, that's that's a marketing tip for anybody listening. Don't don't focus on your on your uh, first viral video. Focus on the plan after that first viral video, because that viral video, if you stay consistent and you're getting better and better, it will come no matter what. It will come. I've had it happen many, many times. And it's just for me being consistent. It's not because anything that any song that I put out or any video that I put out is any better. It's just because it hit at the right time in the right way. And it was, what did I do after that? Every time a video goes viral, you have to have a plan to capitalize on that wave because that wave is going to be like here and it's going to come down. Mm-hmm. It happens yep. all the time. So anyway, so that was kind of where it all began right there was with that video. And then I was trying to be consistent because I'm sure you want to talk about the vanilla ice. So I'll, I'll kind of sum up what, how that happened. So then I was posting videos, trying to be consistent. And then I, I, I missed two weeks of posting on my, this was still on my, uh, this was still on my original Facebook profile. Not even on now, YouTube. This time I, not even on, I mean, I don't even remember crazy. if I had the YouTube set up yet. That's even- I don't remember if I had it set up yet. But I think I might have set the channel up after the All About That Beard. I really do. I think I might have done it, but I didn't post anything there besides some old concert videos originally. I believe that's what happened. And that was that was a little while after because I didn't even think about it. I don't know why, but I thought, well, man, I'm 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 trying to do this on Facebook. Facebook is where it's at right now. That's why mm-hmm. I was like, I won't focus on nothing else. I was like, Facebook personal profile, these are all hit. They all had every video I posted seemed to have had tens of thousands of views, which was crazy to me at the time. And uh, I was like, this is great. I got a, I got a 2 million view video, 2 million plus view video. And I got some with 100,000, some with 200, some with 10, some with 20. It was, it, was a good, it was a good time. And then I didn't even realize I had set up a Facebook page, Marty Ray Project, and I didn't ever check it, though. I never checked it, didn't realize that – because, like I said, everything was happening on the personal. Mm-hmm. And when I posted that, it was 3 o'clock in the morning – and I hadn't been consistent, and I made a post with the Vanilla Ice Acoustic. And I said, in that post, I said, listen, I'm sorry I, I missed a couple of weeks. I don't know if anybody's going to care about this or not, but here's the way I've been doing Ice Ice Baby. I hope you all like it. If you do, great. If you don't, 
there'll be another one soon. It was kind of like that. And it was kind of a throwaway video. And that's another, that's another testament to just put every idea out there because you never know which one is going to be the one that puts you on stage with Vanilla Ice, right? Yeah. That's what's great. You never know. And Vanilla Ice can be anything or anybody. That don't have to be literally Vanilla Ice. But I posted that, and that video went bananas, man. It, it went next level. So then I, after that video posted, there were people going and subscribing to my YouTube channel, liking my Facebook page by the masses because they took that. And so then after a while, after Bam Margera, he posted it, uh, World Star Hip Hop posted it. It got posted all over the all over the Internet, all over social media. And Marty Ray Project for a while was everywhere. I was trending on, on iTunes. Like right number two on iTunes, trending right below some. This has happened twice actually. Trending right below as an independent artist, nobody, nobody behind you, nobody helping you besides God and your fans. Trending number two on iTunes, and I screenshotted that because while for them it might be that ah, happens every now and then when they when the label gives a good push, got nobody pushing me but myself, and mm -hmm. like I said, and God and my fans. So that's it. So it was like a, anytime that happens for me, it's. It's a real treasure. It's a, it's a real treasure. It's almost like winning a Grammy for me. Yeah, sure. Because I look at that. But anyway, so that got that video has hundred, well over a hundred plus million views on on Facebook. Yeah. If you add every every video together, everyone, if you can find them all, people are still stealing that video and posting it and going viral and building their own channels. I mean, their own pages off of that video. Mm -hmm. And uh, some of them don't even tag me. Yeah, that's so, and I, and I hate that crap. Yeah, yeah. Some of them don't even tag me. So I have a question to sound just to sort of create the foundation of who is Marty Ray today? What is Marty Ray doing day in and day out? What is you? What is your main focus? Because then I still want to talk about the marketing stuff, and then I want to also let you talk a little bit more about the podcast if you want. It's still those three things, but I want to know like who are you today? What is your main focus? And then we can branch off to talk about what you're doing on that podcast and then what you're still doing marketing wise with whatever you're posting and then what you're musically trying to do. What's your goals for that? Well, today I do the same thing that I've always done. I, I, any, any opportunity that comes along in my head is not that I'm not thankful for all the success that these covers have done for me. There are several covers that are, on YouTube have performed, have outperformed Ice Ice Baby at this point. And, uh, but my, my real dream and goal is to have one of my originals be what I'm known for more than any cover. Sure. You see, and the real fans, the real true Marty Ray projectors, the projectors, as I call them and myself, even we're all projectors is they, they actually prefer the originals, you know, and that's how, that's how, you know, that they're that they're because most people don't listen to originals. They 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 don't even, and that's okay. That's fine. I need those people too mm -hmm. because, and I'm thankful for them. And I've had people say that certain songs have saved their life that aren't my originals. So I have no animosity towards the covers. I'm just saying my goal is to be known by my own music at some point. And if that never happens, it never happens. It was still a good life. It was it was a good career. So that's cool. So your 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 main focuses are on the podcast, the new podcast. What is the name? The Marty Ray Project Chats. 
Perfect. Okay. And then writing music and performing is the other piece of what you're doing. Right. Okay. And when you perform, it's mostly for private events or corporate events. You're not doing this out in Nashville at the bar scene or, or things like that. No. And I, but I do respect those guys. I don't want nobody to listen to this and think Marty's bad talking people that go to the bars. Cause that's not that, that play in the bars. Cause that's not me. My, my, some of my closest friends do that. Matter of fact, the guy that plays with me most of the time, CJ Wilder, that's, that's what his whole career has been. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but I'm not against that. I just can't do it. My hat's yeah. off to them though. I yeah, just no. cannot do that. Yeah, I, I've I've seen it where I was in Austin uh, visiting, and I spent a week there with just being able to go see music all the time. And I would literally see the same guy three times in one day. I'd see him like right. at eleven o'clock set somewhere, and then later on at a dinner time, and then later on at night at like you know one of the other late clubs. It was insane. Really, especially if you're a singer. Yep. Like if you're if you're playing, it's not as bad. But if you're singing and you're singing eight hours and you're really giving it all you got, but most of them, I'll be honest, most of them ain't giving it all they got every time. Right. Because when you look into a bar, another thing I hate about bars, and I'm not saying I haven't played a bar, I have, and I will play a bar if they pay me to play that bar. You see what I'm saying? (laughs) Like I'll play anywhere. I'll play anywhere in the world that somebody, if somebody will pay me to play, I'll play. I don't care where it is. That's the way it is. Mm -hmm. Uh, but they got to they got they're gonna have to pay for me to come out there and play. I'm not gonna come out there and hope that I get money. And I'm not gonna come out there and play for 250 bucks or 300 bucks. Not gonna happen because the difference is I'm not knocking people that do that either. I'm just saying the difference is I'd be better off posting a YouTube video because I might that video might go viral. I make way more than that off of just doing that YouTube video. Mm-hmm. So or pushing a podcast or. Or doing a private show, or you know, it's just there's a myriad of things that I could do rather than play a show for three hundred dollars. And and I think I think everybody only has so much life in their vocals if they're a singer. Yeah, I don't think they, they last forever. If you if you really sing with heart and soul, I don't believe it goes forever. I believe that it you're because I mean, you get old. People get old. So I don't want to waste. I don't want to waste my. I hate to say it this way, but I don't want to waste my my the life of my vocals on shows that are people in a bar that are not even listening to me. You know what I'm saying? I These, totally get it. Like they're they're not even listening most of the time. They're in there, they're drinking and they're partying and they're looking at each other. They didn't come there for me. They're just at the bar. Mm-hmm. It's different though when they come for you. I did a show in Nashville at uh Kimbrough's. And we actually sold tickets to the show, you know, that was a bar, but all these people came to see me. So we were all in the, this room, just packed in this room. And, but there wasn't anybody blabbering back and forth and, and they were drinking, but they weren't talking because they were there to see me because they were fans. But if you go into a random place and just start singing, they don't care. They don't care who you are, you know, and that stuff kind of bothers me. And I don't know how, I don't know how people do it. I really don't. I don't, I don't know how my buddy, like Chris Schrader, he does it all the time. And you just get no, you just get no feedback. You, 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 it's almost like you're playing for nothing. It's like you're, they might as well be playing music on a jukebox. Yeah. And I don't like that. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm sorry. I just don't like it. I get it. Um, so 
let's talk real quick. I, I don't want to hold you past. Oh, uh, you're good. We're close, but I don't want to hold down. I want your phone to run out. I want your electric to go. <laughs> so yeah, I know. So, so here's the question. Um, so we got the the podcast where you originated from with that, and then the new one. We have the music stuff that you're writing and you're performing covers and doing your original stuff. Talk to me about the marketing. What all of that is that you doing? Whatever marketing that takes place currently. That's all me. Unfortunately. Okay. So all all social media, all the stuff that you're doing on YouTube, Facebook, are, are you doing Instagram and Twitter? And are you doing any funny TikTok videos or any sort of stuff on TikTok? I'm everywhere. Anywhere there's a there's a, an eyeball or okay. here, Marty Ray Project's there. And it's always the same, at Marty Ray Project everywhere. But yeah, I'm I'm always, at this point in my career, I know the game. So I have to, as far as when I say I know the game, I know that I have to be consistent on every platform. Mm -hmm. Now, I also know that you never want to post the same content the same day to every platform across the board. And I also know you don't want to use a posting service to post across the board either because their algorithms don't like that. So I kind of know a few things at this point about the algorithms. I do know now that by answering your comments, it helps your algorithm. It calls you a conversation starter and now keep keeping people on the platform. I don't encourage people to answer comments because of that reason. I encourage people to answer comments because they should be answering these people that care about them. I love they, they that. Have their, yeah. I, I love that. That's the authenticity that is winning you over because you can just tell that's what it's about for you. It's it, it you love the people following you. You're authentic about it. And even like when you talked about that night that where you just threw up that video, it's like, I'm not sure if you guys are going to like this, but I had fun doing it. Here it is. That's yeah. being authentic. That's all. It's really the only way I know to be. And I think that I think people know that I got nothing to hide, that I'm. I'm pretty transparent, you know, uh, there a lot of people when they get into music, they won't talk about Jesus, for instance. You're never going to catch me not talking about Jesus because that's who I serve. Right. So a lot of people won't mention his name and all these things ain't going to happen. Not with me. And I got people, I got fans that are atheists. I got fans that are agnostic. I got fans all across the board. I don't judge them, but they know what I am. There's and just like, I know what they are. Mm -hmm. There's nothing wrong with me knowing, but the, the, the minute that somebody goes, I'm going to, I'm going to bend my morals or bend my, I'm not going to let people know who I really am because I'm scared. They might not like me. That's definitely not authentic. If you're, if you're somebody in your house and then to your fans, you're somebody else because you're online, that's not authentic. That's that's a lie, man. I'm not living that lie. So I won't do it. And I, again, if anybody, because this is taught in every in every workshop, it's social media workshop. Now, now, back in the day, there wasn't I don't even know if there was a workshop when I was when I first started, I was answering these comments. Now they will tell you, be sure you're answering your comments take time out of the day, answer your comments. That's going to boost your, you boost you an hour. And I'm sitting there thinking, how dare any of these people, how dare any of these people answer a comment because it's boosting their algorithm uh, uh, rank? Because I wish that anybody that was doing that had that mindset. I wish God would go, okay, you're not getting no more comments until you learn to appreciate that our people are taking the time to actually comment on your video because they like it. 
And I actually comment to the people that don't like it, right? I, I say, hey, God bless you. I still love you. Thanks for listening. Maybe we can get you on the next one. And that's the truth. That's awesome. And then most of the time they go, most of the time they go, oh, man, I never thought you'd see that. I'm sorry, man. I really do like it. I'm like, no. <laughs> you know, and you're like, well, why are you, why are you bashing it then? I don't understand. Right. It's okay if you don't like it. I'm not trying to make you like it if you don't. But if you really do like it, but you said you didn't, what the heck are you doing? Why, what's the point? Yeah. Because there's times when there's many, many times where, especially on YouTube, YouTube is a, <laughs> it's a violent place in the comments sometimes. Mm -hmm. Now, not necessarily in my comments, like I've been blessed with mainly 90% positive comments, but there's a few times when people will say things like, I mean, just horrible things. And I will comment back and I say, Hey man, I appreciate you stopping by. I love you. And I don't know what you're dealing with right now. You're probably dealing with something, but you're not going to hurt my feelings. Uh, God bless you. And I pray that your life gets better. But I, but I, I will say at the end of that, I say, listen, I want to, I want to just pose something to you. Somebody like me, I got the thickest skin you could ever have. I said, but there's a lot of young people on this app, on this, on this website, on YouTube that are, really putting themselves out there. And if you go to their page or their channel and you leave a comment like that, you very well could be the, the final straw that pushes them to a place they shouldn't go. I said, be, be mindful that life and death is in your tongue. Not just, not just words that people ain't reading life and death is in it. So I have told people that many times. Man, that's and powerful. That's, that's really cool. That's scripture. That's what it ain't me. I can't take credit. That's what the Bible says. <laughs> Life and death is in the tongue. And you see it. We live that, man. We see that. People say sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. That's not true. Yeah. You'd rather be hit by a stick than these words, man. Because this up oh, here, yeah. this right here is forever. Those sticks that you might break a bone and it heals. This right here can never heal if it if somebody don't let it. You know what I mean? So anyway, I ain't trying to preach. Don't give me, don't, I told you I'm like a preacher. You got <laughs> You got a yawn or something. <laughs> it's all good, man. I'm loving this. So this is something that it's important for me to get what you think about this. But I started a new, since I'm a booking agent and I'm a musician myself, I used to play seven days a week and doubles on the weekends. I've seen it all, right? So, mm. but now I'm in a position where I can employ a bunch of musicians to play at various venues and resorts here in Phoenix and Scottsdale. And with what happened with this pandemic, I've seen just like lives being crushed, right? Because there's nothing happening. So I just started this new venture called Making Money, Making Music. And the whole goal behind it is just to educate anybody. And it's not just musicians. It could be a sound engineer, a producer, a songwriter, a lyricist. I, I don't care. Anybody that's in this entertainment realm that we're in to learn to diversify what they offer, that they have more than one talent and that talent could be used to generate revenue. And whether they're on YouTube teaching someone else how they book their band or how they write a song or how they figure out what a lyric would go well with a song. I don't care what it is or, or how you mix this particular album. Show me what, you know, how you got those sounds. What mic do you use on the kick drum? Whatever. But my goal behind it was to try to educate as many people that are willing to watch and listen to either the webinars or the master classes or the video, whatever, it doesn't matter. What, what have you been doing to 
sustain yourself during this time with, you know, the pandemic being around? Well, fortunately for me, and I know what you're talking about, there's a lot of people. It's sad to see these musicians that have, a lot of them have just given up. But fortunately for me, my whole career is only a career because of online. So since I was blessed online first and not offline first, I was already geared toward that. And I was already making money in that realm. So where it did, it did. I, I'm not saying I didn't suffer, but it was very minuscule what I saw, the, the financial things that I suffered because as I said, I only did, I've only ever really done private shows and, and both, the majority, the bulk of my money came from, and still does, comes from music sales, uh, streams, and YouTube, and now Facebook. So, um, so the only thing that I did differently was I, instead of doing, because I never have done like a live concert, full-on concert uh, online. So the real thing where, this is a word, if you're on, are you on Clubhouse? I am. Yeah, we need to follow each other on Clubhouse. But yeah. this is a word they throw around so often, but it's a good word. But it's so overused on there. I would never say it on Clubhouse, but I'm going to say it here. I pivoted, right? You ever heard, you heard that on Clubhouse, <laughs> oh my right? Pivot? I, I'm guilty of saying it. I, I Sometimes it's the only word I can think of. To, so every I, time I hear it, I go, yeah. <laughs> on Clubhouse. I, but outside of Clubhouse, it sounds better. But it's like everybody on Clubhouse is trying to they're saying that because everybody's saying it. So it's just weird. So I never say it on Clubhouse, but it's a real word and it's a really it's a really good thing that people need to learn to do is they need to learn how to adjust. So I adjusted slightly my strategy to where when I wasn't able to do private shows and things like that, I started doing full on live concerts and getting donations. So with Ven putting my Venmo and my uh, PayPal and cash app, stuff like that. And to be honest, some of those shows, some of those shows just killed it, man. I mean, really killed it as far as financially. I still want to do that very same thing. I, the, we were doing one a month every month, but, uh, we, I haven't done one in a, I think three months now. I'm really due for one, but probably won't have one. I'm, I'm going to, I'm trying to get the show at Tampa Mm -hmm. Trying to figure out how to make that one as well. So I can kind of double dip yep. and do a show for my online fans and for people in, in person. I think that'd be really cool if I could figure that out. Um, but if not, it is what it is. But that's that's kind of the only, that was the biggest drastic change that I made was actually doing full-on live shows, even some with live bands uh, online. And I would, I would, encourage everybody that's in music and any part of music to embrace social media with everything. We don't matter which one start with just one, but be everywhere, be available everywhere, but start with just one where you're putting time and effort into it weekly. And I would say that everybody should start with TikTok If you want to know my, my suggestion, because TikTok is anybody and everybody can go viral on TikTok. You don't have to have followers. You don't have to have anything. You can go viral from a video and have no followers. Yep. So I would suggest everybody utilize that while you can. So, and Clubhouse. If you're able to get on Clubhouse, I've made some phenomenal connections on Clubhouse. You amazing. wouldn't believe. I mean, just, I just did a room. We did a room welcoming. Uh, 
I brought a vanilla ice onto the app and I did a welcome vanilla ice to clubhouse room. And it got like almost 3000 people in that room, you know, wow. because of him, not because of me, but it was just crazy. How many people were sitting there listening to us have a conversation just like this one. So you, that's really the only thing I can think of that really changed for me. Okay, cool. So, so you did have the advantage because you were hip to the whole online thing and that's how you had started. That's where you found a lot of success. And when this happened, you didn't have to change much about what you were doing, but that's what I'm trying, you know, like if, if you have the advice you just gave is exactly what I was hoping you would do is say, this is what you need to do. If because I see a lot of musicians that all they did was depend on gigging. And now I hear the horror stories from them and I can't, there's nothing I can do until the, until the work comes back. So luckily I'm, I'm lucky five of my resorts have come back. So I'm now giving a lot of work out, but I, I have more musicians than I have work for. So like everyone gets like one or two dates a month where before I had all the corporate stuff and, and I had so much work, I was looking for people. So right. I'm, glad, I'm glad you brought that up about, you know, getting active on social and I on Clubhouse, I've heard it more times than I can even count that every expert on there kept saying TikTok is the place to start. It is. I, I'm up to almost 300,000 followers there. Um, and I haven't I don't know how long I've been on there, but I haven't been on there too terribly long. Maybe it has been a while. Like I said, I'm horrible with timelines, but. Just being consistent. If you just if you just post consistently on there, hashtags, no hashtags, trends, no trends. You just never know. You never know what could just anything could really go viral on TikTok. It's it's a it's kind of like the wild west out there. Just start shooting. Yeah. Start shooting and and see what happens. Yep. All right. Now well, you say cool. you're. How did you? How did you? How did you pivot? Well, I I just I was lucky that. I had such a great year in 2019 that I had a bunch of money put away that I could just sustain myself off of what I saved. And then for me is as weird as this might sound when the pandemic hit, I needed the break. I had been going so hard. So I had always wanted to start a podcast and, and literally I started it like the moment the, the world went silent. I was like, okay, now I have a chance. So I'm going to start my podcast. And then my, partner Joellen and I, we've been together for 20 years. We started a YouTube channel and we just did whatever we felt like doing. And all our recent episodes was a 28 day trip that we took uh, from here going to Hilton Head and then renting a car in Hilton Head and going down to the Florida Keys. And so I literally every day filmed all of that. We post that up on the channel, but we talk about whatever and it's fun and, and I'm, I enjoy it. And so that all held me over until things started coming back. And now business is back again for me, except for the corporate and private events. So I'm in good shape, but I like, you know, my goal with making money, making music is to really help the community because I just see the devastation that's happened. So I'm, I'm trying to figure out how to do these, these webinars and master classes and things and just get the word out saying it's all about diversifying your offerings and you have to know that you have more than just one talent of just going out and performing. You could write songs, you could write lyrics, you could write charts for people that don't know how to write charts. There's just, I'm trying to say, 
here's all the ideas go with pick one or two and run with them so yeah and then what's funny is for years i was for years i was telling my buddies cj and chris schrader and all these guys that i knew man you should also be on youtube you should be on youtube you should be on facebook posting every week they know a plethora of songs way more than i do and they're they're way more talented than i am playing the music I have to really sit down and learn music before I can even post a video on my own. So, and then I might have to do several videos because I miss a chord or something. And uh, they don't have to go through that. They know all these songs because they've been playing for years, but I just tell them all the time. So you're just wasting opportunities. Every song you play live, just post it, do a, do a video, post it on YouTube every week, make, make several, like sometimes I'll make five videos in a day. And then I, but I don't release them all at the same time. I release them weekly. So they never did do it. And then now, and I'm not saying that to rub it in their face, but I'm saying now they playing catch have up. regret yep. that they didn't start doing it then. Mm-hmm. You no, know, because then now, then now you're playing catch up. Now everybody's there. Now everybody was already there. Now everybody's there. You know what I mean? Because everybody was already there. It was already a, a flooded market on social media. Mm-hmm. But now, everybody's there so i think if somebody asks things open back up i think hopefully it makes people i I hope it makes these musicians go look while everybody else is now forgetting about online again i'm not going to yeah i'm not going to forget about it i'm going to stay doing this and the other so that they have because diversification is the key just like you said that's the key for every successful person the eggs ain't in one basket. Yep. They're all over the place, multiple streams. Yep. So you're right. So if you're booking, you know, you, you're talking to somebody who needs a, a show wherever you're at. So let me know when you get a show that you need somebody to come in and play. You got it. I'd love to have you. I get asked all the Whenever time. you're ready. Yep. Perfect. All right, my friend. Well, is there anything else that I missed that you want to talk about before I let you go? The only thing I always say is anybody that's listening, of course, rate and review this podcast. Rate and review mine, the Marty Ray Project Chats. I don't even care if you listen, just rate it. You know what I mean? Download all the episodes and rate it. You don't even got to listen. I don't <laughs> care. You know? And the same with same with Joe's podcast. Do the same thing. Uh, only he cares if you listen. That's right. Uh, <laughs> if you don't listen to mine, you're really doing yourself a disservice. And if you don't listen to this one, you're doing yourself a disservice. And then also I would tell anybody that's listening so that you don't have to be drowned in an algorithm, join the mailing list at martyrayproject.com. Follow me on every social media that you're on at martyrayproject.com. Download every original album I have everywhere that albums are consumed, music's consumed. I'm there. That's it. That's perfect. That's exactly what was going to be my next question. How do people get in touch with you? And now in Marty Ray Project everywhere. Everywhere you can you can think of it's it's at Marty Ray Project. Awesome. All right, man. Well, this was great. I'm so glad it worked out. I'm glad we finally connected. I look forward to more of these conversations. I'll find you on Clubhouse. I have a room I'm doing on Wednesday, just about the whole making money, making music thing, just to try to keep putting the word out there. So hopefully, if you see that, I'd love to have you in on it because I think you have a lot to offer. That's it, man. This was awesome. I really appreciate it. Man, I'm honored you had me. Thank you so much, man. Thank you. 
I'm very honored that you are listening to my podcast. And if you really like what you are hearing, please rate it. And if you have the time to write a review, I would be very grateful for that. Thank you so much. Join me again for future episodes. Thank you.